Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. What is up, guys? It's Ragbag bringing you another edition of Regular Guy Gaming right here on the Grapple Talk Network. Thank you all so much for joining us and listening, however you are listening. Uh, This week we have a phenomenal episode on tap for you, uh, one that you maybe would have expected in the beginning stages of RGG, but nonetheless we are bringing it to you now. And Instead of having a guest this week, RGG takes an hour himself to explain to you why he's doing what he's doing with this podcast, what got him into gaming, and uh, it's a pretty good listen, guys. He touches on a bunch of different things, including, you know, his his first memories of gaming, um, how it kind of helps him deal with some mental health challenges that he has from time to time. Really powerful stuff and a, a lot of things that I think a lot of you could take away from it. Um, I don't want to give away too much of it. It's a really good listen. I encourage you to listen to the entire, um, really, the entire story that RGG tells about his life up until this point. And uh, before we do get to the interview, I do want to make sure that I say, and I know they're probably not listening to this podcast, it was just happenstance that it happened last week or a couple of weeks ago, but apparently I at one point had said, um, don't listen to the Ross Family Matters podcast because they have big heads. And uh, while I know that those dudes know I was joking, if for some reason you are listening to this podcast and you were listening to the interview a couple of weeks ago and you heard me say that and you thought I was totally serious, don't listen to me. I'm just kidding. The Ross Family Matters podcast is a phenomenal podcast. Whether you like wrestling, whether you don't like wrestling, um, it's 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 probably our most successful um, podcast on the Grapple Talk Network for a reason, so make sure to listen to that if you haven't. Just wanted to get that out of the way. I know that everybody knows I was kidding, but I wanted to make sure that anybody that might have thought that I wasn't, um, that I was. So without further ado, let's send it over to RGG for this week's uh, quote-unquote interview. RGG. (laughs) That was for you, Ragbag. This episode of Regular Guy Gaming is going to be a little bit different. Um... I said, um, and you know what? I'm not not going to restart it. I'm not going to. De- I've deleted and restarted other ones. I'm not going to do that. I want to become better at podcasting. And something I learned is although I'm gifted at a lot of things and I've been talking my whole life, I've learned that you have to know podcasting. You got to know how to talk. I thought I knew how to talk. And then I realized my constant ums, that's that's not good. That's bad. You know, it took 20-some episodes in to uh, realize that. So I'm going to be practicing some new techniques here to try and get rid of that ugly habit. And it's really bad. Um, (laughs) See, I just did it again punch myself in the balls every time I say it. I bet y'all stop then. Welcome to Regular Guy Gaming with your co-host Ragbag. Once again, he always does a lot for this podcast. Uh, He's the one that edits it. He does the ins. He does the outs. He's the first voice you hear. He's the last voice you hear. And I really appreciate him as a... He's definitely a close friend. 
um, by this at this point in time. He's definitely a friend. I consider him a close friend at this uh, through this uh, journey, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And it's going to continue to be fun. If you guys are wondering why I have no guest, it is because I went back and I listened to other podcasts. I went to their earlier shows to see how they have advanced, see how they have made their podcast better, how they've improved. And I've noticed they all had a mission statement. They've all started... With just them. And I have not done that. <laughs> I just started right off the bat doing a podcast with with some people, a bunch of people, and it just caught on from there. And people liked it and never considered doing one with just me talking to you guys. And now I'm going to do that. And I'm going to say what? Regular regular guy gaming mission statement is, as you guys know, I stutter, so you'll have to forgive me on that. I can't do anything about that. I've done a ton of speech therapy when I was young, so I'm about, I'm yeah, that's I'm where I'm at on that. I can't make that any better. So, um, shit, <laughs> did it again. Keep going here. Well, I'm gonna get better at it. I'm going to talk about my starting in gaming, why gaming resonates with me, why it's something that has stuck with me from uh, from when I was a little kid. I am a 36-year-old man now, and, you know, I'm in, I'm doing professional wrestling, you know, I've got my children, I have so much going on in my life, but why I never gave up gaming and what gaming means to me. Gaming is very important. For some people, it's not. For others, it's a way they make a living. For others, it is a challenge. A personal challenge. I Like, like right now, I'm thinking of LPC, who is a trophy hunting master. For others, where it's a living, like like 8-Bit Amazon, Jess Duke, who streams for a living. That is her 9-to-5 job. That is what she does. She streams. Thinking of some of my favorite streamers out there, like Disguise Toast. You know? Um, these are things that they do to either make a living because it's fun, challenging. But for me... I game for multiple reasons, and I can break it down. One of the reasons, first memories of gaming I have is actually my uncle. Now, there's a lot there. I could, God, the stories of my uncle and me. That's who I'm going to have on. Good job, Isaac. I'm talking to you right now, Isaac. Yeah, Ragbag, go ahead and laugh at me. Good job, Isaac. I'm going to call, I'm going to get my uncle on here. My uncle is 50, I think he's 56 years old, and he is a gamer, a true diehard gamer, and that's where I got my gaming from, actually, was my uncle. Um, We moved to Sioux Falls when I was, how old was I? When I was probably seven years old, 
eight, seven years old, around there. Wasn't adopted yet, but I would, they were still my they were still my foster care family. The the my my mom and dad now, and I remember my uncle once uh, when they came to Sioux Falls. He brought with him an Intellivision. You know that little pad you had. Yeah, guys, an Intellivision. Yeah, that's right. We're talking like '70s stuff here. He brought an Intellivision. And he brought an Atari 2600. He had them both. I remember watching him playing Pong with, um, I think, my mom. Because they were in their, what? They were, like, probably, I don't know, 29. They were, they were young. My parents adopted me when they were young. I remember watching my uncle play all the time. I remember watching him play Pitfall. And to me, it was just, it was just amazing. He would get on this thing, uh, 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 the little vine, and he'd swing across and make that noise. I'll never forget that noise. I remember him jumping on the crocodiles. I remember him never being able, (laughs) having a hard time getting over the scorpions. There'd be a scorpion down at like the bottom stage, if I can remember right, and he had a hard time jumping over that. But I watched him play games for years before I actually held a controller in my hand. Um, it was too difficult. It, was, it, was, it wasn't easy um, at that age. I remember trying a few times, but I just couldn't do it. I remember him actually, actually giving me the controller and <laughs> him laughing because there was this tanks game. And you had these tanks and you could shoot boom and they would go the bullet would like go off screen but it'd come back or something and I'd like blow myself up or I'd run into things or asteroids I remember that I remember I just could not do it but it was fun to watch though I would watch it and be like I just I just have to I just had to watch so as years went on the systems got more advanced, you know, Nintendo came along. Now, at this time, I'm old enough to play, and I remember when the Nintendo was unwrapped. It was actually bought for us, and I was so excited. It came with a game. That was back in the days when, you know, systems came with games. I guess Switch still does. Uh, Nintendo still does that for, like, bundle prices and so on. But we got this Super Nintendo, you know, it was amazing. I was so happy. And I'll never forget them opening it up. And there was the gun for Duck Hunt and Super Mario Bros. And the Duck Hunt was okay. I really wasn't into Duck Hunt. But I definitely loved Super Super Mario Brothers. That game was fun. I just fell in love with it. Played it all the time. Then I remember... This is what, 1991? I can't quite read. Yeah. My uncle came over with a game called Super Street Fighter 2. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And it was, it was amazing. It was a fighting game where you could, like, fight someone else. You could compete against someone else. And I just, it blew my mind. Like, I didn't know. It blew my mind. And my uncle beat my ass. He gave zero, 
He didn't give me a chance at all. That's where I first learned the Hadouken motion. And you all know what I'm talking about when I say Hadouken motion. You don't even have to, you don't even have to be a hardcore gamer. You can just be a regular guy gamer. And no, when I say Hadouken motion, you know what that means. Hadouken! And you know any fighting game or any game you play, you try that motion out just to see what it does. Hadouken! I mean, that's just something everyone does. What does the Hadouken motion do? <laughs> Hadouken! <laughs> so, he beat me up. Just, just, just beat me up. But my uncle made the mistake of leaving the game, leaving Street Fighter. I had other games. But he left Street Fighter at the house. Now, my uncle would come over and he'd play, but he, you know, he'd had, he had his own life, his wife, his, you know, he didn't have his son at this point in time, but he had his own life. So he'd leave the game for like weeks at a time before he'd come back over. So I, now you guys, a lot of you know me, you know how obsessed and how focused. Now think about it. This is also a kid with ADD. So that means when I really see something I like, I can focus in on it obsessively to where like my parents have to tell me, hey, you have to eat or you're going to die. But my parents also noticed that I wasn't beating up the other kids or I wasn't destroying shit in the neighborhood. I wasn't beating up other kids in the neighborhood. (laughs) My parents noticed that I wasn't fucking shit up. So they were like, you know what? You go ahead and play that. Go ahead and play that. That that's the system. Go ahead. So I sat there and I practiced with M. Bison and Ken. And I noticed with Ken, if I did the Hadouken motion, but I started with the forward button first, I would do an uppercut. And then I noticed there were different uppercuts for different buttons, light, medium, and hard. And I kind of realized that They had a different, I'm going to use these words now that I didn't understand then, that there was a different priority system. And I was like, I was just, I was just amazed that I could do this. So then I thought to myself, okay, you know, I need to be able to do this when I want to. I need to be able to do this, you know, whenever I want. So I sat there and I practiced it and practiced it in arcade mode. I just practiced it. I finally got to the point where I could do the uppercut, Ken's uppercut, anytime I wanted, and the Hadouken, anytime I wanted. It wasn't a problem. And then I found out about the hurricane kick. I found the hurricane kick by accident. I did the Hadouken motion backwards with the kick button. And then he starts, I want some pound cake. He he starts spinning. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. Okay, here we go. I have a kind of a game plan. And then I found my first ever combo. Sorry, guys, if this is boring. If this is boring... You know, didn't you know? I, you can easily just you know, fast forward it to Ragbag's <laughs> gamer news. But I have a feeling some of you are going on this journey with me, and I appreciate that. I have a feeling some of you appreciate this. I remember, I remember finding a combo other than the uppercut. You know, Ken's flaming uppercut. I remember, I remember a combo, and it was just jumping hard kick to sweep, hard kick. Sweep. And I was like, okay, that's a combo. I, I get that. Then I started saying, well, what, what, what else can link together? Can things cancel? Can you do specific things? That's when I found out you can 
cancel. Like, you can cancel some stuff. You can do some combos. And back in this day, it was just amazing to be able to do a move in general. Um, oh, there it was again. Oh, well. I'll never... Oh, my God. I will never forget the combo. That's, that is what set me apart from my uncle. That's what set me apart from my cousins. Oh, I got to definitely. My cousins, they play a huge role in my gaming life as well, too, because that was when they came in with the Super NES. But Super um, uh, Street Fighter 2, I was able to start putting together combos. And then I learned charging. Uh, with bison, I learned how to charge. One of the biggest combos I learned was neutral jump, medium kick, low medium kick, and to psych, uh, psycho, uh, yeah, psycho crusher. And my uncle, after being gone, you know, just living his life after two weeks, he came back and he was like, all right, my uncle would, he'd call me, you know, specific, a specific thing that I'm not going to say right now. He's like, all right, get over here. Let's play. You know, I was like, all right, here we go. This is going to be fun. We start playing. I whoop my uncle's ass. And it was like he it was like he saw something that he couldn't believe. He was shocked. There's actually a picture of me, and I hope I can find it. I'll look and see if I can find this picture and maybe even post it on Regular Guy Gaming. There's a picture of me as a little kid playing with playing Street Fighter, and I'm Ken, you can see me doing an uppercut, but my uncle came, and I beat his ass, I was putting together combos that I had worked on, he didn't know you could do combos outside of hard kick sweep, he didn't know that, him, I mean, you know, it was like, obviously, there was the Rekkas with Fei Long, but, I mean, outside of stuff like that, they didn't know the game could get like that, and he was shocked, and he was like, he just looked at me and he was like, how did you figure all that out? What, what are you doing? Are you cheating? I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know how to defend myself back then. Are you cheating? Like, I'm not cheating. No, I'm just, I just practiced is what I would say. I said, I, I practiced. And he was like, when did you have time? Like, aren't you supposed to be outside and all that? And then my mom obviously would step up and go, no, it stops him from fucking shit up around the neighborhood. So no, we let him, we let him play and we let him practice. And then my uncle would get mad and go, don't touch my game. So so he took the game back with him. So my parents went out and bought me the game. And I, from there, that's where my love for Street Fighter just, just happened. That was my love for Street Fighter. And I'll never forget it. And it started with my uncle. From there, I mean, it goes on to my cousin's. You know, they lived with us from Iowa, and they brought down, like, a lot of people know I love fighting games. Well, why? Why? You know, is it, is it just your uncle? No, it's my, it's my cousins as well, too. My cousin Eric. You know, my, my cousin James. My cousin James, they love sports games as much as they love fighting games. The thing was, they were so good at, at sports games. They were so good at Tecmo Bowl and, and the other games. I just didn't understand the sports games. And I think that followed with me. Why we don't talk much about sports games. And we need to get, we probably need to get Ragbag to talk a little bit more about sports games. And we will talk more about fighting games as well. But right now, I haven't had the chance to get the people on, to get the right people on 
to talk about fighting games in the way that I feel will, will give it justice. But my cousins would come over, and uh, my first ever trainer, not from wrestling, outside of wrestling, and my other cousin named Jay or, or Gerald, um, he, he goes by Gerald now. It was, I think it was Gerald Swanson was his name. Uh, we, we just called him Jay all the time. He was this short little Filipino guy who loved martial arts. He trained with, I think his name was Jamie Egan um, in Sioux Falls um, in uh, Jiu-Jitsu. And he, oh God, is that his name? I think his name is Jamie Egan. And he got his black belt. And his whole life was uh, not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. His life was the traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu. Yes, there's submissions and so on, but it's mainly joint locks and uh, no no kicking really above the waist and stuff like that. But he uh, trained in jiu-jitsu, and then he would also train me. So the stuff he learned, he trained me. So I don't have official training in traditional jiu-jitsu. It was him who passed that knowledge on to me, but he also passed his fighting game knowledge on. Jay was one of the first guys that came into our household that had a deeper understanding of fighting games. We're talking about, this is when we're starting to get into correct footsies. He understood this stuff. He understood correct footsies, and he would impart that into me. And that would be with Street Fighter II Turbo. Uh, when the game got, when I started adding supers and game just got even more technical and he showed, you know, there are these footsies over time, Mortal Kombat, the next year came out, obviously trying to figure out the fatalities was the biggest thing. That was a lot of fun. Got really good at that. But then there was Killer Instinct, which was a combo game. That game caused a lot of fights in our household because that game, I can honestly say it, is what really got my eye looking for combos, got me to really understand the importance of buffering and canceling. And and no, actually, that's not true. Buffering, for me, uh, was actually Tekken. So there was a time period for about, I would say, about 10 years, I honestly that long, where it was just my cousin Eric, my cousin James, uh, Jay, another family, he's basically family, my cousin, you know, and my trainer at the time, Jay, he was also a wrestler, so he trained me how to use my wrestling, and he trained me in, um, he trained, uh, I was doing junior taekwondo at the time, but I never saw it as a, um, I never saw it as, as anything, I, this, I was not aspiring to be a fighter, at all or or even fight. I just loved wrestling. It was fun. I never looked at it as a martial art. Um, it was actually Jay who told me that wrestling is a martial art and it's one of the oldest martial arts. And it was it was him, it was that this time period of my life, I would say was one of the most shaping of my gaming. This shaped my competitiveness, my how competitive I am. Because it would get heated. It would get heavy. Fights would literally break out between my cousins. I was too young at the time for them to punch me. Except for Jay because he was training me. So he would <laughs> when he would get mad. Um, Jay took me under his wing and just 
whatever he learned from Jamie Egan, he would teach me. And um, we would he we he was he wrestled in college, um, but you know we would wrestle for wrestling was more for fun. He didn't need to train me anything in wrestling because I was actively in wrestling at the time in middle school. So he wouldn't really train me in that. We would just he would just keep my skills up. So when I would go and do my tournaments or go and do uh, meets wrestling meets, I'd stay on on track. But this guy was the one who no one could beat until Mortal Kombat 3 came out and they introduced the running system. (laughs) And some of you know what I'm talking about. The running system and being able with overheads, like, you know, being there were were always overheads. Like, Combo had a really good overhead. Uh, uh, Saber Wolf had a really good overhead. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of good... T-Hawk. There's a lot of people that had good overheads, but I think in in Mortal Kombat 3, that that system really, the comboing system in that was amazing. I don't think that I played, um, since they didn't have Scorpion at first, I played Sub-Zero. I was really good with Sub-Zero, and that was the first time I was able to actually beat him. They, they introduced Tekken. Tekken is where I first learned how to buffer. Now, buffering... Let me explain for some of you that don't know what buffering is. There are certain moves that I will use King, for example, the grappler. Uh, let's say it is 1-1. One, one, you have to do... No, let's say it's 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two, 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 okay, well, I shouldn't say that. Okay. So, how the controller works. You guys all know that there's square, triangle, X, and circle. There's R1, R2... L1 and L2. Well, square on a PlayStation controller correlates to I don't remember what on an Xbox controller. Some of you just said it and already know. Um, it's been that long since I've actually even looked at an Xbox controller. So what they do is they actually do it with a number. Now, R1 and R2 and L1 and L2 are going to stay the same for both um, PlayStation and Xbox. Also for the, the Nintendo controller... The Sega controller. Um, So, square is 1, triangle is 2, X is 3, and circle is 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. So, a lot of people who really know what they're talking about will say down 1. They'll say, oh, you know, it's, you know, know, 3, 3, 2, or 1, 2, 3, 4. You know, that's how we do it. Um, So... That goes into buffering. With buffering, how buffering works is you you input a command at the same time you're doing a different command. You can cancel out of you can basically shorten commands. So I will use the, the raging demon, for example. The raging demon is one one, I'm sorry, square square. Forward, light kick, uh, hard punch. Square, square, forward, light kick, hard punch. Now, you can buffer that. You can actually shorten that up. You can shorten that up um, by, by just pressing V-trigger. You can, right now, you can do V-trigger, activate V-trigger, and simply press forward <laughs> 
and simply press forward and both the V-trigger buttons, like both the buttons again. No, forward, light kick, and that again. Do it like two times and it'll just go right into uh, the Raging Demon. It's buffering is skipping, is making commands easier. So instead of doing what you're what the actual screen says to do, you find a shortcut around it, and it'll it'll input the move. King was really good at doing that. If you knew how to buffer with King, then you could do all of his grabs. I was able to do his rolling death cradle, which was really difficult for a lot of people, through buffering. So while King, while King is slamming you, you're putting in another command to finish his chain throw. You can do that with canceling you know canceling moves and so on but you know that's where i learned all that from and that really helped me get much better than everybody else around me then i ran into oh man this is where this is like you guys will see how like my life has kind of evolved around gaming there was this as time went on (laughs) i rambled on there a little bit sorry i got really into that So as time went on, you know, people move on, games change, new systems come out, you start going to the arcade, and you you have new friends. I had this friend, have, still have this friend to this day, and if he, he, good thing he doesn't listen to this because I said had, so he would threaten my life for saying had. Some of you will get that. Uh, Bill, very good friend of mine, still been my friend, still my friend after... All these years, he, I can honestly say, was the first person to ever actually challenge me in, in, in these games. Now, guys, I realized that I lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so obviously there weren't that many people that played that, that detailed, that heavily in the games. And the people that did, they already had their little niche group that I didn't know about, I wasn't a part of, to where I could get better. Because I can tell you right now, um, I've run into those guys, the old, like, just, I know who those guys are now, you know, the uh, South Dakota fighting uh, com- uh, game community, those guys are absolutely amazing, you know, you got L, you got John, you got Chris, I mean, I I know I'm missing names, but there's just a lot of people, um, you got Tim, these guys um, are amazing gamers, uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, Tim and I, Tim and I, and the other John, he's gone. Um, Tim, John, and I, we used to spend hours and hours playing Soul Calibur and Tekken. And then when they got tired of me beating them up, they would beat my ass. And I think it was Guilty Gear, Boz Blue, and Naruto. They were so good. It was absolutely, it was like, oh my God, they were so good at these games that it blew my mind. It was a whole level of gameplay I had never seen before and I didn't think I could ever do. It was absolutely amazing. That was my anime. That's when I knew I could not play anime games. I just can't do it. They are so good. It's like Smash Bros. Smash Bros with wave dashing. This stuff gets so technical, people. Trust me, it looks simple, but it is not. Games like that I couldn't play. I can't play Smash Bros. But with Bill, it was my first time that I ran into another human being that could actually beat me. And I had to try to fight. I actually had to try and put what I've learned together and 
it wasn't my brothers. You know, my brothers got good over time just by beating me. My brother Josh, my brother Nick got really good at Street Fighter 3. Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha 3, because I just beat the crap out of them all the time. They eventually got better. My brother got really good with Ryu, the light uppercut into his super. He got really good at that. My other brother used to piss me off, Josh, who played Chun-Li, and he was always, yeah, 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 yeah. He knew, oh, I hated him. I hated my brother sometimes. <laughs> It wasn't because I would, it was because sometimes they would get a round in. Their goal would be to beat, win a round, not to win a whole game. And I hated losing a round. Well, imagine my surprise when Bill shows up and he not only beats me. Guys, I had a journal I used to keep. I wrote this in my journal. It was this shocking and, and devastating to me. And thank you for staying on this journey with me as I talk about some old memories and why I got into gaming and things I'm I I'm fond of and why this means so much to me and why this podcast means so much to me. But Bill shows up on the scene. I'm Hihachi Mishima and we're at school and he sits down in my seat. And I'm like, uh who is this dude? That's my seat. I'm like, hey man, I was sitting there. He went in I was sitting there. You saw me sitting there. I went to use the restroom. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back in my seat. He was like, no, you're not. And then, of course, me being me at that age in my life, at that point in time in my life, I immediately went, bitch, get the fuck up or I'll make you get up. And he was like, I wish you would. Well, now, when you say I wish you would in my culture, I wish you would has... That means... Shit's going down. You want something to happen. At that point in time, things are going to happen. So our teach, the teacher at the time, Mr. Egg, I forgot his name, something. He, you know, got in between us and stopped us. Well, coincidentally enough, what made us become friends was actually that very same day when, when we were planning on fighting. Had I known about Bill what I know now, though, that would have been something that I don't, I don't think I'd be alive today because Bill... Bill, he couldn't fight like me, no. You know, I knew how to wrestle. I had already, at this point in time, I was already training um, submissions. And I was already, like, ordering, you know, the Ken Shamrock books and reading them and training. At this point in time, showing, uh, going over submission training with uh, Jay. So, but what what he would have done, though, is, you know, poked my eyeball out and made sure I could never see out of that eye for the rest of my life, or let's say I beat him up quickly, then for the rest of my life, I'd have to look behind my back, because although I may have won the fight, I could be sitting down in class, reading my book, and next thing I know, bink, a bat against my head, he's that type of guy, he's one of those guys you just don't ever want to fight, because in the end, you will never actually win, because you'll always have have, have to look over your shoulder, something happened, um, and this guy actually attacked me um, in the bathroom. And Bill was sitting in there watching. This will lead into why we started playing games. You'll understand. This guy attacked me. And I just swift kicked him right in the dick just to end it. I, didn't, I don't play fair. Some people think I play fair because, you know, I fight, you, can, you know, rules and all that. No, I just swift kicked him right in the dick. He bent over. I kneed him in the head. And Bill went, oh, shit. 
<laughs> what does this have to do with gaming? He went down. And the guy went, oh, you cheap fucker, you kicked me in the dick. And I went, yeah, there's no, it's a fight. There's no rules. And he wanted to hit me, but he couldn't. He was literally curled in pain. And Bill was like, oh, shit, that was fast. I have never seen anyone kick someone in the dick that fast. Oh, shit, that. And this is what made us become friends. He was like, that was like Jen's back four. I was like, wait, what'd you say? He was like, Jin, Jin Kazama, that's like Jin's back four. I was like, I hate that kick. Especially when it hits as a counter, you can get all that free damage. He was like, oh, you know that? You know Tekken? I'm like, yeah, I know Tekken. And he was like, well, you want to play? I was like, yeah, I want to play. We left school right then in the middle of class. We left school right then. We went to his place. We started playing Tekken. And this is where I proceeded to feel a feeling I had never felt before. Before I felt victorious, I was leaving out of there. A lot of people were calling me cheap. A lot of people were like, oh, you're a cheap fighter. We thought you had honor. You know, we thought you were an honorable guy. Why'd you kick him in the dick? Well, other people were like, that was gangster. Don't mess with him because he might stab you. They, I wouldn't do nothing like that. But I will kick you in the dick if I have to. I won't hesitate. I will kick. I will knee. I'll even bite it if I need to to make sure that I'm okay, and and I can go back to my kids. At that point in time, I didn't have kids, but it was the way I knew I could get a fight done quick. I was also taught by Jay, don't hesitate to do stuff like that. There are no rules. Like, it may seem, it may not seem honorable, but there are no rules. So we went back. I, 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 I got, he had a, he, at this point in time, he had a, he had a vehicle he could drive. He had his permit. His learners or something permit. I forgot what it was. He could drive to school and to his place or something like that. I got into his, his his aunt's car and we went to his place. Went downstairs and sure enough, right there, he had a PlayStation with Tekken. We start playing the game and something happened that had never happened before. He knocks me down on the ground. He starts to run at me. Then he stops. I quick get up. And with Paul Phoenix, he fucking Phoenix smashes me in my face. He waited for me to get up. And I, I just, I couldn't believe it. He didn't run into the trip, the wake up. He beat me. He beat, he beat me in a set. He fairly beat me. That was like my first ever defeat from someone else outside of my family. I know like, no one really in my family it was my first ever actual true defeat. So I went home and I trained obsessively. I trained. I didn't even want to play him for like a whole week. I did nothing but train. Came back. I was able to beat him. And from there on out, him and I have been competing and fighting each other ever since. And now with the online, with the way online is, I mean, oh man, we've been playing with Street Fighter, Street Fighter 4, where that came out like eight years ago. Uh, we have just been battling each other ever since. We always will. And that has a lot to do with my need and my want to fight other people that are better because that opened up my eyes like, holy shit, there are people that are not only better than me, that are light years ahead of me, that have stories similar to mine, that gaming kept them out of trouble. Gaming was able to to focus them that are even better than me. So that is when I branched out and started playing other people and I ran into people like Tim. I ran into other people like 
John, um, the, uh, John may rest in peace. And the other John who is always better than me, that guy, I can never beat that guy. His fundamentals are so good. He is so good and so basic and so just, wow, that guy is good. That's when I learned that there are people out there that are just better than me and will be better than me forever. And I have to always work hard to attain that level. To me, it's a challenge that even to this day, I still practice so that I can, so I can just get better. You know, it's that challenge of being better. It's, it's a great thing because you can never reach that. I don't believe you can, you can never be the best but the idea of being the best is great. Does that make sense? I don't know how to say it. Like, there's always someone better than you. But the idea of training one day to beat that person that's better than you is amazing because there's sets. The person may be better than you, but is he better than you on that day? And this leads into why gaming, why gaming has played such a deep role in my life is one of I suffer from mental illness. I suffer from general anxiety disorder. Uh, disorder. Basically, I have panic attacks. I, I get a little paranoid. I get scared. Very scared at times. Basically, think of it like this. Have, you guys ever, have any of you ever been in a car accident? Those of you that have been in a bad car accident. Or those of you that have thought you actually were going to die or had an instance in your life where you thought that you were actually going to die, that panic, that sheer wave of just death, that pale, you know how you get pale, you think you're like drowning, I've almost drowned three times in my life, it's sad that it's three, but that's true story, I've almost drowned um, more than once in my life. Thank goodness that I there was always there was someone there to to save me. One was really bad, really bad, and they got me out, so it, it worked out. That is what a panic attack is like. For any of you that have almost drowned, or for any of you that have been in a bad car accident, or for those of you that suffer yourself, you understand and get it. It is that bad. Well, guess when I'm not having those attacks. I'm not having those attacks or I'm not having those unwanted or bad thoughts while I'm playing these games. I found and my parents found a credit to my parents. uh, I think credit to my dad. They got us a Sega Genesis as well because, you know, there's a lot of kids in the house and, you know, uh, they didn't, you know, a lot of kids fighting over a system. But I think my father noticed that when I was playing the games, I was calm Things I would be more relaxed. And another thing is when I'd play the game before school, I'd a, I was able to be, I was more calm and I had a more, I had a productive day, a better day at school when I'd play before school. So gaming was therapeutic for me. Gaming without a shadow of a doubt has gotten me out of some very bad, some very hard situations and some very bad and trying times in my life. And we've all had trying and hard times and we all deal with it in different ways. We all have our own way of coping. For me, luckily enough, it was gaming. I got lucky. My, it it wasn't drugs and 
it wasn't it wasn't so many other bad habits like bad it is it wasn't so many things out there that could have sent me down a bad road it was gaming which sent me down a healthy road that has helped me has opened up doors for me that has allowed me to see you know that has allowed me to travel that has allowed me to compete against some of the best in this world it has allowed me to have a great just like just great experiences gaming has helped me in my personal personal life to overcome a lot of obstacles and because when you have a mental disorder a lot of things guys you would be surprised on the amount of things you can't do like getting out of your house leaving your house can be a chore and some of you that suffer understand you get it you're like no I get that I understand what you what he's saying I understand what gaming did for me was it would help me feel like I accomplished something and I'm saying that like I didn't actually accomplish something but I actually did and it would give me hope and it would I would look at my life and go look I am solid snake I just beat up what is it solidus snake if I can remember his his twin god that whole storyline was ridiculous but fun or when psychomantis when I figured out I put the before they even told me to put the controller over in the other port to beat him when I was able to overcome these bosses, I would feel great. I would feel amazing. It would allow, I would believe in myself and it would give me that oomph. Like when a panic attack would happen, I'd have, I can do it. I can make it past this. It's okay. I'm not going to die. There's nothing bad happening. I can breathe. It's not real. It's only in my head. It's not real. Now that doesn't mean that it didn't plague my life. That doesn't mean that I was able to win all the time. I was able to to defeat it all the time. Um but it did it did give me some comfort as opposed to having nothing. It did allow me for example when I would have really bad panic attacks I would go into the lab training mode. What I do right now is I go into training mode and I try and push the game to its limits. I go in for example, in Justice 1, um, for me, Aquaman, although I didn't play Aquaman competitively, I played Doomsday and Bane, I would use Aquaman as a way to deal with panic. So let's say if I would have a panic attack, I'd start breathing, things would get really bad, you know, in my head, and I was like, oh man, I'd bring up the game, and I'd start trying to push the boundaries, and I actually, you know what I'll do, I'll go back and I'll look for a combo that I recorded. It was a combo that I was testing to see if I could dash in the middle of it and connect something together. I was actually having a panic attack then. But I was using the game. I was, I was pushing myself mentally in another direction to force myself to force myself to come out of it, to snap out of it. And it works. It always it has worked. It hasn't stopped working. My, my wife, soon to be ex-wife, she, she knew that. She caught on to that. She caught on really fast that games would calm me. So when I would have a panic attack, she would quickly ask about a combo. Or she would say, show me that one combo you, you were working on. 
Now, me being me, even in the middle of a panic attack, I, I can't give up. <laughs> um, I can't give up a time to show off in a game. I love showing off in video games. I'm like, oh shit, I can't breathe. Oh, I'm dying. Oh, oh, you want to see that combo? That one combo I've been working on. You want to see the FADC? Man, my my FADC combo I got on this one is dope. I can. You want to see it? All right, come check this out. So I do it, and my wife, she's sitting there kind of smiling. She's going, well, that worked. He isn't panicking anymore. I, I would work every time. It still works, you know. To this day, it still works. To this day, if I feel like I'm having some sort of anxiety or something, I'll start thinking about a game. I'll start thinking about something going on. You know, what am I working on right now? What uh, I just recently, because of LPC, I, I platinumed a few things, but because of him... Um, I now look to platinum fighting games. So I, I will think of that. Something will happen. I'm like, what do I have left? Well, in Street Fighter, I just have survival mode left. I have, I have to beat this game on hard and extreme. And then I will platinum Street Fighter V. I have Injustice platinumed. Uh, I have, I think, both Injustice platinumed. I have um, uh, Tekken's platinumed. I just have Street Fighter V left. And I can do it. The key for me, why gaming, why gaming has been a huge role in my life is it's always been an escape, a beautiful escape away from the, away from the dangers, away from the mundane away from the trouble, and away from myself. Because, let's be honest here, the one person you can't escape is yourself, but when you're watching your favorite TV show, or for us, when we're playing our game, we do, we can escape. We can escape the self for a moment in time, and we become, you know, we become whoever we want to be. We become Bo in Tecmo Bowl. We become... You know, Laura Croft. Fay Long. M. Bison. We become Raiden. We can be whoever we want to be. And no, this isn't an army commercial. <laughs> but it happens, you know. And you're able to step outside and you're able to have a different level of freedom that I don't think you can get in other places. Well, that's not true. Reading books, a lot of people get freedom in that. But I think you know what I mean. That adventure. I think you, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. That adventure that you can go on for that moment in time like no other. And when you're done, you can sit back and go, holy shit, that was fun. Or, oh my God, that was hard. And you call a friend up or you just sit there and you reminisce. You think about it again. Like, wow, this had a great time. And then you go the rest of your day, or you the next day, you can't wait to do it all over again. But we all are in this together. We all are doing this, this living thing. And we're all going to go out at some point in time. I haven't met anyone yet. Now, there have been some people out there that have come, come pretty damn close at beating death, you know, living to be 110 years old. I'm sure there's someone alive right now that's going to get like 120. But we're all going to eventually pass. We're all eventually going to die. 
I would say us gamers, we have something that the people that don't play games are missing. See, we've had multiple lives. When we go, there won't, it just won't be us. We, we didn't just live this life. We lived so many other lives through gaming. We have battled. We've had so many epic battles. Whether in World of Warcraft, Starcraft, whether it's Diablo, whether you're playing any game. I can't even think of them all. Persona 5, 1, Persona 1. Whether you're playing, you know, RimWorld. Whether you're playing Fire Emblem. I mean, it goes down the list. Whether you're playing an Elder Scrolls game, a Bethesda game, Fallout, Skyrim, Oblivion. I mean, it goes down the list. Far Cries. Before the Far Cries. Hell, Turox. We've lived all these lives. We've got to be the Witcher and No Man's Sky. We got to go into space. We've been in space. Even though one other person in here played No Man's Sky, I know I played it. I had fun doing absolutely nothing. That game was so boring and I enjoyed it. We had multiple lives. We didn't just have one. And that's what sets us apart from other people. That's what makes us different. And that is why I love gaming. That is why I'm doing this podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to what should have been the first episode. And I apologize that I just jumped into it headfirst without doing study like I am now. I also hope that the product you guys hear gets better as time goes on, as I continue to learn more about it and as Ragbag teaches me more and I learn more from him because he's been doing this longer than me, guys, as you can tell, the one, the, the first and last voice you hear in regular guy gaming, he is obviously seasoned in this. Thank you guys for going on this journey. Thank you guys for taking time out of your day to listen to my story And why I chose to be a regular guy gaming. Why I chose to be RGG. Alright, on to you, Ragbag. Well, there you have it. RGG really uh, just letting all y'all in on... uh, You know, it's kind of interesting, actually, when you think about it. Because we have been doing this um, for quite a while now. Uh, You think we're just over 20 episodes and usually we release one a week. So we're... Probably uh, close to the half-year mark, and uh, we really have not had the opportunity to hear Regular Guy Gaming's story yet. We haven't heard his reasoning for getting into gaming. I mean, yeah, we've had a a few of those conversations here on the podcast, but never an opportunity to really learn what it it is that uh, makes him come back to gaming, why he uses it in difficult times, and why he wanted to start doing this podcast in the first place. So, Again, uh, phenomenal work by him. I know he gives me a ton of he gives me a little too much credit. He always talks about how you know good I am at this podcasting thing and and, and whatever and entertaining I am. And uh, I know that he listens to these ins and outs. And I just want to tell him, dude, you are 
far better at doing this kind of stuff than you give yourself credit for. You do phenomenal work. You're very engaging, very entertaining. Um, I always enjoy when you send me over the interviews a couple of weeks early and I have the chance to listen to them. You do a great job, man. You don't give yourself enough credit. And, uh, you know, I, I, myself, I do these ins and outs. I retake them like 40 times. So, you know, maybe while the finished product does sometimes sound good, that's because I had 39 other ones that sounded like complete ass. So I am by no means great at this. Um, I just have, you know, the opportunity to do this every now and again. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So, um, while he may say that I'm good, I, I just feel like I've been doing it for a while. And I, I definitely don't think I deserve the credit that he gives. All right, well, moving on uh, to some other things involved in gaming. I do want to talk about, there's just a couple of really light gaming news topics um, that I think are important across all platforms of gaming, regardless of which system that you currently use. One in which uh, that we had talked about actually in an upcoming interview is Nintendo Switch recently announcing some games to expect here in 2018. A lot of those um, just kind of ports and games that you know people on other systems had the ability to play. Maybe if you are an exclusive Switch owner, you know things like uh, South Park's newest game, The Fractured Butthole, will be coming out soon. Uh, little Nightmares, I know, kind of a nice little horror game that a lot of people like to play. Dark Souls announced that it will be coming out for the Switch. Here in 2018 too and I know that that was a pretty big announcement for a lot of those Dark Souls players because let's be honest you know guys sometimes when you have these consoles um, you know you you have to make a choice I mean consoles can be pretty expensive a couple of hundred bucks things that you know a lot of us regular guy gamers don't necessarily have the money to purchase so if it's on the table and you have to go with the switch and you can't buy an Xbox or a PS4 um, this is this is some big news for you. Mario Tennis Aces going to be coming out here in 2018. Um, Mario Tennis, dude, I still remember. Oh, I think it was on Game Boy Color or something. Mario Tennis, and I just I poured an absolute ridiculous amount of hours into Mario Tennis on Game Boy. I can't I can't remember. It was like literally 15 years ago when I played that, but uh, you know. Seeing that come to the Switch is pretty cool. You also have Crash Bandicoot that will be arriving in July. So, again, a lot of bigger-name titles that will be coming out here for 2018 that have already been out for you know other systems, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely good to hear that uh, for people that only uh, own the Switch. The big news coming out of these this announcement that Nintendo released about the games coming up is Super Smash Bros., uh, the next iteration in... You know, aside from Mario and Zelda and maybe Mario Kart and stuff like that, the biggest franchise in Nintendo, Super Smash Bros. going to be coming out later on this year. Um, there was a kind of a nice little teaser um, that had the um, two Inklings from Splatoon uh, battling. I mean, I'm sure most people watching it probably assumed it was maybe a new Splatoon game. And then what do you know at the end? The Super Smash Bros. logo comes out, and oh, whoa, Super Smash Bros., yeah! You know, Super Smash Bros. Uh, going to be coming out for the Switch here, so it'll be really exciting to see what they add to it. And it honestly, the, the, the Super Smash Bros. franchise, to me at least, as a regular guy gamer that enjoys playing this game, not necessarily for, you know, competition purposes, I just like playing with my friends, you know, for me, it's like they can honestly just release remastered versions and... I think it would be awesome. It's like Mario Kart. It's like, you know, every time that I, I sit down and play Mario Kart, whether it's a brand new one or an old one, it's like, man, all I want to do is race with my friends. And then sometimes those uh, those 
added features are cool, but I mean the updates and maps and simply the added characters are what makes these games great sometimes. I know that, that over the years they've tried experimenting with story modes and things like that, and I, I think at the at the core of it it's always just the idea of being able to play what uh, back on the 64 was quite possibly one of the most revolutionary um, party games. So, um, But that'll be coming out here in 2018, so if you are a Switch owner and you hadn't heard that yet, um, I encourage you to get out from under the rock that you must be living under because that is huge news. Really, really exciting stuff, guys. Uh, really looking forward to that and kind of honestly making me just continue to be like, man, maybe I should jump on that Switch bandwagon because I still want to play Zelda. I still want to play, you know, Mario Odyssey. Um, there's there's a ton of games that I'd love to get there. And, and obviously, the Switch isn't going anywhere with releasing some of these bigger AAA titles, these ports that are coming over. So they're making it kind of that all-around console that you can have so you're not missing out on some of these other titles because I know that it always been a pretty big component of what Nintendo was in the past. You know, when the Wii first came out, it's like, well, I like having the Nintendo Wii, but at the same time, it feels like I need to have the Xbox or the PlayStation in order to play some of those AAA titles because I just I, I just know they won't end up on the Switch, or if they do, they'll be ported weird or they'll feel like a last-gen um, and that doesn't seem to be the case with the Switch. They're continuing to to keep up with PlayStation and Xbox and then also just kill it with their exclusives, which we will never see on an Xbox or a PlayStation. So kudos to them. And, uh, and yeah, speaking of cross-platform stuff, guys, Fortnite, the recent announcement, if you haven't heard about this yet, um, going to be across, I don't even, maybe I talked about it in the last podcast, I can't remember, but there was some more news that actually released, so basically what had happened is that um, a couple of days ago actually, um, Fortnite, the developers for that came out and basically said, hey, if you have a PlayStation, if you have a PC, a Mac, maybe you played on mobile, um, you know, you're going to all be able to play together. All your friends are going to be able to, to, to really enjoy Fortnite together, regardless of what platform you have, but they didn't say Xbox. So then they were like, oh crap, we screwed that up. So then they came out again and said, yes, Xbox will be able to cross platform. But the big thing here is that if you play Fortnite, you'll be able to play with all your friends, unless your friends are on Xbox and you're on PS4 or vice versa. So, um, basically if you own an Xbox, you play Fortnite, you'll be able to play with people on PC, Mac, iOS, uh, Android, uh, but nobody from PlayStation 4, and then if you own a PlayStation 4, it's the same deal, but no Xbox. So again, still trying to break down those barriers between the PlayStation and the Xbox. Um, I get it. It's a business, right? And those are the two kind of head-to-head consoles that release a lot of the same games, aside from a couple of minor exclusives. Um, and at the end of the day, it's going to be really hard to get those, those two to play well together in order to, you know, for the, for the greater good of allowing all of us gamers. I have so many friends that, uh, only have an Xbox and they only play, you know, the Xbox ones games. And, uh, I obviously have the PS4 and, and this, I'm still, we were still waiting for that perfect. I, I can tell you what, if anybody released a game in which PS4 players and Xbox One players could play together. And I know that doesn't make any sense because it's not based on the the game developer. It's based on the people at Sony, the people at Microsoft. But if that ever did happen, um, that game would sell like gangbusters. And it could be awful. It could be like the worst multiplayer game ever. But if it allowed me the opportunity to play with some of my buddies that have an Xbox, 
then um then I would I would definitely throw 60 bucks at that because you know a, a lot of times you have people that move around uh, people that don't live near you anymore maybe they have an Xbox and it's like this is our pathway to kind of reestablish communication and overall just to you know um continue our relationship and and we don't have that right now but if there was a game that allowed us to do that I think 60 bucks would be a, a no brainer but uh, still waiting on that so if you do have Fortnite and uh you know you want to do some cross platform stuff it's still pretty big news though because a lot of people do play Fortnite Fortnite on the PC. Um, I haven't really honestly heard of mobile. Maybe that's a thing. I have no idea. But it'll still allow you the opportunity to cross-platform that if you are a console gamer. Or maybe if you're a PC or Mac, then you have it made in the shade, man. If you're if you play it on PC, um, you can play with anybody. So that's that's kind of the uh, the golden ticket there. Hey, maybe I should do that. Then I can hang out with my Xbox bros. Um, and the last but not least, this is big news for PS4 players. Uh, obviously, a little bit ago, we had talked about uh, some of the games that were coming out. And in 2016, um, one of the really big announcements was this new zombie survival game, Days Gone. Um, honestly, hard to explain. If you haven't seen it yet, it... <laughs> And I want to say this because I'll probably get you know I'll probably get some hate mail, but uh, it kind of honestly seemed a little bit like a Grand Theft Auto meets Dying Light. I, I honestly don't know. It's a third person. It seems like an open world game, um, and there's zombies everywhere, and they're more like you know freaks. Like they they can run and they can run really fast, um, and you're like this biker dude that you know you it just seems like again kind of like uh, to me it just it's a it feels like a, a Grand Theft Auto set in a um, post-apocalyptic zombie um, world. And uh, and anyways, they released um, E3 2017, released a pretty lengthy gameplay trailer. Uh, the game looks great. It looks like a lot of fun um, for a lot of people that like open-world games and zombie games. And recently, they had announced the developer for Days Gone, uh, which is a PS4 exclusive, announced that the game will be delayed until 2019. So we've been talking about this for a number of months now that uh, the PS4 lineup for 2018 was just ridiculous with um, hype titles and Days Gone will no longer be on that list as we will be expecting it in 2019. Not necessarily... Uh, t- something that you wouldn't expect from a game, you know, with this much hype, this much magnitude, an uh, open world zombie game, you know, something that a lot of people look forward to, a lot of people really enjoy. So, yeah, if like me, you had Days Gone on your list of games that you were planning on saving for here in 2018, you know, maybe you can push that back a little bit and focus your funds on another game that'll be coming out. Kind of disappointing, but again, with how many games that we have coming out, to me, it's almost like a relief. It's like, oh, thank God, now I don't have to spend, you know, an arm and a leg on games that are coming out here in 2018. I can kind of push that off a little bit because my backlog is crazy as well. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about that real quick. Plugs, Regular Guy Gaming, RGG, Regular Guy Gaming, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Just search it there. Regular Guy Gaming. Uh, he's all over the place. He doesn't post as much, uh, you know, updated content anymore. He's more focused on the podcasting realm. And he posts, like, little tiny highlight videos when he can. Uh, always fun to see those updates. But it's a good way to also keep in contact with RGG. For myself, it's Ragbag, R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G. You can find me on YouTube. I just recently finished my Resident Evil series. And right now, I haven't I haven't streamed for pretty much a week. Um, but I'm working on putting together my Resident Evil highlight package, which is actually taking a lot longer than I expected because there's so many different things uh, that, uh, you know, I have to go through. I have, like, 
three or four hour streams. So I'm sitting there rewatching everything. It's like, oh, that was a good part. Clip, clip, pull it down. And then I have to watch it again. Oh, that was a good part. You have to clip it perfectly. It's just taking me a lot longer than I expected. And I'm also working on playing some um, more games for myself that probably aren't stream worthy. I just bought FIFA 17. It's a year old at this point, but uh, I've been looking for a new sports game. And I know RGG talked about this. I would love, you know, to talk about sports games at some point in this podcast and have a, a podcast dedicated to that. But I've been looking for a good game to play franchise mode. Franchise mode's my biggest thing. You'll hear that actually in next week's episode. We sit down and talk to uh, Aesop Mitchell is his uh, wrestling name. Renegade Grenade 55, I believe, is his gamer tag. I apologize if that's wrong, but I think that's what it was. Um, but we talked to him next week in a phenomenal podcast, guys. You do not want to miss that one. This dude, uh, number one Pokemon player in Wisconsin when he was younger. I mean, it's it's a great listen, so stay tuned for that. But anyways, we talked about uh, sports gaming, and I've been looking for a new title, a new that had that had a good franchise mode that I could dive deep into. I mean, I love I love the the just the little small details in a, in a good franchise mode in a video game. You know, you think back to like Madden 05, Madden 06, you go into franchise mode, they have news, they have like a newspaper articles, they have a radio show that talks about what's happening in your game from week to week. Uh, the statistics, Statistics that they have, they make everything feel like it, like you're playing a campaign or a story mode. And today, in today's realm, it's just really not how it is anymore. Uh, a lot of times, everything's focused on online play, fo- focused on really those ultimate teams. Um, you know, creating your own character, things like that, having a story mode in that sense. And to me, it still comes down to the fact that I just want to run a franchise. I want to be able to set ticket prices. I want to see how my decisions are affecting. You know the world that my game is in, that my that my franchise is in, and I'd saw, I'd seen a lot of really good reviews when it came to FIFA 17. It was a little bit cheaper than 18. I don't know a lot of the players, so an updated roster isn't really the biggest deal to me. I'd always really liked playing FIFA as far as just the gameplay of it. I really liked the the, the game of soccer, but I don't know a ton about it professionally. So I decided to go out and purchase that game, trying to play through uh, franchise in that right now. It is extremely difficult. There's things like transfers. There's like I have to develop a youth team. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but it's a lot of fun. So that's kind of what I've been doing actually this past week and why I haven't been streaming as much as I had uh, in previous weeks, just because I'm, I'm kind of diving into a new genre of games, still focusing on playing NBA 2K, started a, a franchise as the Phoenix Suns, trying to rebuild that roster. But again, you know, sometimes it's just, I don't know, the, the franchise mode just feels like a bunch of menus opposed to like you're inside of a world, and that's kind of how FIFA is, right? Like, it's like little things. Like in FIFA, you know, you're trying to offer a guy a contract, and it's like this cool screen pu- pumps up. It's like, boop, and there's like this little book with a pen in it. It feels and it, it looks like an actual contract, and it's like you're trying to offer a dude a deal, and you have to check your email, and you're getting news updates about, you know, what your decisions are as far as joining an attorney. It's just really cool stuff. It's very, it's very immersive. It makes you feel like you're actually in kind of the world of it, and I, I just really wish that, you know, one of the really big franchises like a Madden or honestly, even like an NBA 2K would have kind of have that, and unfortunately, they don't. They kind of rely on their gameplay, which is really good, and they really rely on their online community, which is huge. But again, for guys like me that are that play offline, you know, put hours and hours and hours into a franchise mode, that stuff gets real old real quick. And I can see why so many people recommend FIFA. But I'm gonna get off my uh, my soapbox here again. R A G G B A G G Facebook, Twitter, on YouTube. I do have a Twitch account. I tried that. Um, I am that, I'm that dude that, you know, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Twitch and I did it for a week 
and it's just it's just so much more difficult for me. I'm so used to the YouTube layout. I'm so used to how everything goes on YouTube. I already have, you know, 27, 28 subscribers on YouTube. I know, big deal. I'm a huge deal. Um, and Twitch, I had to kind of start from, from the, the bottom. And I had to try to get some of those streamers um, or some of those subscribers on there from, from, the, from the very bottom. And I was like, why am, why am I trying to restart what I had already done with my YouTube channel? And again, when it came to just little things, it just YouTube to me is a simpler format. And, you know, I'm like the, it's like similar, like the iPhone thing, right? It's like, I have an iPhone, I have an Android for, you know, I'm not here. I have an iPhone. I'm personally now, I'm an Apple guy, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the, the iPhone is better than the pixel, because honestly, there's probably some things that people like about the pixel more than they like about the iPhone. And like me, there's things I like about the iPhone than all other phones. And that's just how you, that's just what you decide. So similar to YouTube and Twitch, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Um, if you listen to RGG, I think he recommends that you start streaming on Twitch, but I'd already started on YouTube earlier. So I'm just, I'm just sticking with YouTube and that's, I'm hoping that's going to work for me. So again, R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G, regular guy gaming on the Grapple Talk Network. Plugs for all the shows that are on there. Again, the Ross Family Matters podcast. They probably won't listen to this and hear me uh, putting their show over as I had done in the previous 100,050 million episodes. And then they decided to listen to the one where I was jokingly telling people not to listen to. But uh, Ross Family Matters podcast, again, a great podcast in which they just pull topics out of a hat and they, they go oh yeah, let's talk about this for a little bit. And sometimes it's about wrestling, sometimes it's not. It's always a good listen. All those dudes over there, uh, Jiggy Jack Spade, Hotshot Scott Williams, Vic Ross, and whatever guests they have, very witty folk. And uh, you know, I always really enjoy listening to that, and it gives me a good laugh when I'm driving either to work or to home. Another uh, couple of other podcasts, The Riley Factor, uh, AC Riley, who's Riles Benales, he's been on this podcast a number of times. Again, shout out to Riles Benales. He has an upcoming YouTube channel. Make sure to check him out. I know he's talked about uh, starting Wolfenstein 2 here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but right now he's doing a Fallout survival mode um, playthrough, which is pretty fun to, to watch. Watch him build stuff and then watch him die, uh, you know, fighting rad roaches and things like that. It's hilarious. Um, but, you know, check out his podcast, The Riley Factor. Is wrestling-centric. Um, focuses on, you know, shows that he had been at and he talks over and reviews some of those local independent wrestling shows, kind of able to highlight some of those shows that might not get the love that obviously all the, the national products do. And then of course, don't forget the Grapple Talk Network's flagship, the Grapple Talk podcast, uh, Jesse Von Rudin and myself, we highlight national wrestling topics as well as kind of just shoot the shit. I mean, we're two really good friends. I would, I would, I would go out on a limb and say Jesse is, uh, one of my closest friends and, uh, I'd hope he'd say the same to me. And we, we, this is our chance to catch up and we record it. So, I mean, there's, I think last week's podcast or two podcasts ago. Um, I don't even know what we, I mean, the last third of that show was just like the most random stuff. I think we talked about like black holes. I don't even know. It's just, it's a random podcast. You know, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. We started doing it a few years ago and then we decided to make this network to help out, uh, you know, other podcasts like the, the podcast, like RGG kind of get started. And now every podcast has seemingly passed us. So <laughs> it's always fun to see, right? We're the flagship, but, uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's an, it's an excuse to be able to hang out with one of my closest friends and, and we have a good time talking wrestling and, you know, um, I'm not going to talk about myself, but I would say that Jesse is one of the most knowledgeable dudes 
uh, in wrestling for a guy that obviously has never wrestled. I mean, the guy's opinions on things are just sometimes you hear him talk about something. You go, you know what, dude, you make a lot of sense with what you're saying. And I am very happy that I that I had the chance to hear that from you firsthand. So um, and then also the Deach and Dash podcast. There hasn't been one out for a while. Um, but once, whenever Jordy Lee decides to drop those, always a, a great listen, always a lot of fun. And again, similar to the podcast, it's just, you know, it's, it's something, it's just different. It's, it's something that, uh, you don't get, uh, from a lot of different other podcasts that are out there. It's very laid back. It's very conversational. Again, it's a very good listen. So, uh, he hasn't dropped one for a while, but if you haven't listened to any of his, go back and listen to some of those Deach and Dash episodes. Cause they're always a lot of fun too. And, uh, they're, they're similar to, um, you know, just to, to having a good time. Similar to RGG. Whenever we do our interview segments, it's just very laid back, and we just like to have fun. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody listening and appreciate RGG being able to share his story. I know it uh, made me blush a little bit when I was listening. He said during the uh, during the podcast that this has is, this is grown into something uh, more than just, just a podcast, more than just a weekly venture, more than just me editing, more than him just doing the interviews, more than us just, um, you know, trying to set aside some time when he comes to lacrosse. I think, you know, we've grown this nice little friendship here. I also consider RGG to be a pretty close friend, and I always look forward to doing these and listening to him do that and catching up with him at the shows. And uh, this is kind of honestly just an example of what gaming can do for people, you know. Um, so, like this podcast, there's people that I meet through gaming all the time that, um, I become really close friends of mine and it, it's, uh, you know, because of you guys and because of gaming in which we're doing this and which we're, and we're having fun doing it. And I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just kind of rambling. So, uh, I'm going to end it there. This is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be this outro because RGG killed it. And now I'm adding my own spiel to it. But, uh, again, thank you all for so much for joining us and, uh, you know, don't forget to, 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 um, you know, play video games. I don't know. I'm I'm out of I'm out of words. I'm out. I'm speaking longer than I thought I had to. So we'll end it there. Alrighty. <laughs> Ragbag for regular guy gaming right here on the Grapple Talk Network. We'll catch you guys next week again. Fantastic interview next week. I can't say that enough. It's coming up next week. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe. Go play some games. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>